You are listening to a sermon from Mission Point St. John. We hope this message encourages a deeper connection between you and Jesus, our Savior. of the Lord tonight, and uh, thank you for being faithful to God's house, and um, we've been in a series called Better. We're on Lesson 11, and um, we're almost done. Next week, we'll finalize the series, and um, we've been going through the book of Leviticus and the book of Hebrews, and Hebrews is like a commentary on the book of Leviticus, and um, we've been focusing on um, the new covenant being better than the old covenant. And, um, of course, uh, we live under the new covenant, and I thank God for that. And uh, last week we ended uh, at, the, at the beginning of, of Hebrews uh, chapter 11, and um, we uh, read from the first three verses, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that uh, things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. And uh, if you wanted to think of faith, uh, it could be simply as forsaking all, I trust him. Uh, When it speaks about faith being the substance, that's the support of things hoped for. And faith is the evidence, that's the proof of things not seen. And so we, we learn through creation, actually, a lot about faith. Creation teaches us that everything that can be seen was made from things that can't be seen. And uh, you can read that in the beginning of Genesis chapter 1, when God said, let there be light, and there was light. Something that couldn't be seen brought into being something that could be seen. Amen. And the kingdom of God still works that way today. So that's where we kind of ended last week. And uh, we're going to pick up on the rest of chapter 11 and so forth. Uh, The rest of chapter 11 is a demonstration of that faith that is spoken of in the first three verses of the chapter. And you have multiple uh, people throughout the rest of chapter 11 that give us an example. And they're just normal, real people like you and I that um, God gives uh, us an example through that faith is represented through their lives so faith can be represented through our lives. You won't find any perfect people in Hebrews 11. No perfect people there. Um, And the first one that is spoken of uh, is Abel. You see in verse 4, By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. Uh, The faith that is represented here is worshiping faith. And you see that through the life of Abel. And the scripture even tells us, though though he is dead, his faith still speaketh to us. He had a a worshiping faith that um, was represented by simple obedience to God. God could have asked for any type of sacrifice. And you see in the examples of Cain and Abel, one brought the sacrifice that God required, and one did not. The sacrifice of Abel was accepted, and the sacrifice of Cain was not. And because of that, Cain got upset with his brother and killed his brother Abel, it becoming the first death. And uh, from that point on, you can see, um, of course, God's judgment upon Cain became a vagabond. Um, But the scripture in Hebrews gives us um, an example of Abel's faith, and it says he offered a more excellent sacrifice. It was the excellence of the sacrifice was the obedience of what God wanted. 
And, um, and you see in Scripture, and, and the Bible gives us, uh, uh, obedience, the Scripture says, is better than sacrifice. And so the simple obedience of Abel bringing what God desired, even though the Bible says he is dead, it still speaks to us. And uh, it gives us an example of worshiping faith. It's a demonstration to us of worship and faith. Hebrews 11 and verse 5, by faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. And um, the faith that is represented by Enoch is walking faith or faith that is walking. Um, and you'll see through these examples, these are, these are examples that God gives us that you and I in 2022 can serve God. We can serve God. You can serve God tonight with worship and faith. You can serve God with walking faith. You know, you're, you're just going to take one day at a time, one step at a time. I'm going to approach God uh, in the simple just walking with him. Um, the Bible gives us examples. Listen, there's times when you're going to mount up with wings as eagles. You're going to run and not grow weary. But at the end of the day, just keep walking and not faint. Walking faith. And there's a lot of days that are like that, church. Things are not always flying high. <laughs> if you haven't noticed yet, you'll have lots of days where things are not uh, 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 on the full up and up. And there's no running involved. But that's, that's not how we live for God. We don't live just for the moment of flying in Him and running in Him. No, we're just going to take one day at a time. We're going to walk with God day by day walking faith and what a testimony to have said about you as is what is said about Enoch he pleased God he pleased God we don't know a lot about him we don't have a lot of scripture that's written about him but what a testimony <laughs> he pleased God that just sounds to me like good old-fashioned just walking and living for God day by day and that's what God was requiring for without faith, verse 6 says, but without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. We must believe that God exists to be able to walk with him day by day. That's the answer for atheism. Just believing that God exists. <laughs> uh, and when you walk with uh, uh, by faith, day by day, uh, you'll, get to, you'll get to have a relationship with God in a sense that, um, you know, it may not be that you have uh, 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 a feeling of the Holy Ghost maybe every day or goosebumps every day or some uh, uh, miraculous uh, uh, move of God in your life every day or some miracle that takes place uh, or, or, or some memorial moment. Those, those may not happen every day. We're thankful when they do, but when you got walking faith, it's not depending upon your circumstances each day. You've got a determination, I'm just going to walk with God today. And that's what Enoch did. He pleased God by just walking day by day. Um, we must believe that God rewards. That's, uh, uh, that's uh, um, the, the scripture gives us uh, in that verse 6. He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. That's a daily thing. I'm not just coming to God, you know, once a week, once a month, a couple times a year. No, this is a daily walk. This is walking faith. Um, next we see in verse 7, by faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark, for, uh, to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. This is working faith. So we've, we've heard of worship and faith in Abel. 
We've heard of walking faith in Enoch, and now you see working faith, or faith that works in Noah. You can see that in the life of Noah. He's asked to build an ark uh, for a flood, and it never had rained before. Now, that's working faith. That's, that's faith at work uh, without any proof. He, uh, the, the Bible says uh, uh, he had not seen yet, but he was moved with fear that God, that God had given him the instruction. And um, we don't know a lot about uh, very many people in that day other than it was very wicked. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And God said to Noah, Noah, this is what I want you to do. I want you to build a very large boat, and, uh, which uh, uh, it was a faith uh, working over, over many, many years to the saving of their family. And uh, obviously, um, you can go back in history, and you can, you can see actually where they have found um, that the ark has been found and, and the remnants are what it, where it was resting. And so this is not just some kind of a little story. It's, it's, actually, um, it's actually fact and been proven. Faith works or working faith. Uh, next through verses 8 to 22, and uh, I won't read all of those verses, but you can read down through them. There's a story of Abraham and Sarah, uh, the patriarchs, and this is uh, waiting faith. Uh, you, can, uh, you can read through these scriptures down through the verses. If I uh, just give you an example here now, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll read a few here. Um, uh, let's maybe read verse 13. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Uh, for they shall say such things, declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. Uh, you'll, you'll notice and multiple examples throughout the life of Abraham and Sarah. We always pick out the most obvious, which was the waiting of a promised son. But Abraham started out looking for a country. <laughs> he looked for a city whose ma builder and maker was God. You know, that's, that's, a quite a, that's a quite a reason to leave home. Where are you going, Abraham? We don't know. We're just looking for a city. What kind of a city, Abraham? Well, the city whose builder and maker is God. You know, that's, um, that, that's, I mean, that's waiting faith right there. And you see that the Scripture tells us that some died in faith, not even having seen what was promised. Do you know what? It hasn't changed. It hasn't changed. Um, sometimes people pray for their children for many years, don't see their children return to the Lord, yet after the parents maybe pass away, all of a sudden there's a restoration that happens in the child's life or now an adult. So was their prayers in vain? No, not at all. And, uh, uh, you know, a, a pretty... I can think of some right off, the, right off the top of my head that just happened in the last short while. A minister and his wife um, prayed for their son for many years, and, and, and it was only after their death, both of their deaths, that he came back to the Lord, serving God today. And I, I, I sometimes think, I, you know, they prayed for so many years, didn't get to see it in person, but at the end of the day, they had waiting faith. Oh, never give up on praying. Never give up on the promises of God. Never, never uh, uh, say it's, uh, uh, it's not going to happen. It's, no, no, this is, these are examples of things that took place in people's lives that give us encouragement that you and I can have waiting faith uh, today. And, um, uh, I mean, you talk about waiting faith, about having a baby. 
Abraham age 100 and Sarah age 90. That's waiting faith. I can't even fathom having a child now alone at 100. Um, so, that's what, I mean, examples are given to us. Whether it's uh, worship in faith, walk in faith, uh, whether it's working faith or waiting faith, these are all examples that you and I can reach from. Um, chapter 11, verses 23 to 31. And again, I, I won't read all of the scriptures there, but I'll, I'll hook up, uh, maybe hook up at uh, verse 25. Uh, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ great, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Uh, when you look at Moses and Joshua that's spoken of in this passage, they had warring faith, warring faith. You look at uh, the life of Moses, for example, he had every opportunity to not have to war. I mean, he had it made in Pharaoh's house. I mean, he could have become anything he wanted to become. He had every opportunity. But the Bible says he chose rather to suffer with the affliction of God's people than to endure the pleasures of sin for a season. He said, no, 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 I'm not going to take the easy way. I'm going to have warring faith. I'm going to, I'm going, and not even realizing what was going to happen, he was going to be the, the person that God would choose to become the deliverer of his people. And you see through the life of Joshua, Joshua is the one who comes on the scene after Moses has died. And, and again, Joshua has such warring faith. I mean, you look at the first chapter of Joshua and you, you talk about a powerful demonstration of faith. Wherever you walk, Joshua, that's going to be your land. Well, what if there's other people living there? Too bad. <laughs> Wherever you walk, Joshua, that's your land. Now, you talk about warring faith. Just think about someone doing that to your property. Um, this, is, this is a powerful demonstration of, of, of faith that is seen through these men and women of God, walking faith, worshiping faith, working faith, waiting faith, warring faith. Now, I want you to see... Um, the rest of the chapter speaks of other heroes, but I, 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 want you to, I want you to notice something here. We're going to read. We'll read from verse 32. And what shall I say more? For the time shall or would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and Jebetha and David also and Samuel and of the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to fight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead raised to life again. That all sounds pretty powerful, doesn't it? I mean, that's, I mean, that's, uh, that's the kind of side you want to be on right there. I mean, that's the winning side. The winning side. Um, but there's, there's a transition that happens in this verse 35. That's very important. Not all men and women of faith experienced miraculous deliverance. Just because someone didn't receive deliverance miraculously doesn't mean they didn't have faith. These others had faith, but God chose to deal differently with them. It takes more faith to endure than it takes to escape. Let me stop for a second. Sometimes we want God to take us out of things. And that takes a certain amount of faith. But it takes even a greater amount of faith to say, God, I want to see you take me through it. Endure it. Get to the other side of it. Overcome it. Be sick. 
be an overcomer. And so you see instances. It's powerful instances. Okay, they obtain promises. I mean, you talk about stopping the mouth of lions and the lion's end. That's, that's a powerful demonstration of faith. Powerful demonstration of faith. Quench the violence of fire. Escape the edge of the sword. You see it all in the verses leading up to, but then you pick up at the middle of verse 35, and this is what it says. And others were tortured. Not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn asunder, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves in the earth. This, this part of the scripture down to verse 38 doesn't sound too exciting at all. <laughs> Who wants to be part of that? <laughs> okay, so we get real excited about the faith chapter. These are the heroes. We usually don't get to verse 35 to 38 <laughs> and see this part. It kind of reminds us of of the Hebrew boys in Daniel chapter 3, verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, if it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand. If it be so, if he delivers us out of the furnace, we don't have to worry about you. He'll take care of you. But if not, but if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Now that is, that's a different level of faith, isn't it? We know he's able to help us escape, but if he doesn't, he will help us endure. And just so you know, He's able to do it, but if he chooses not to, we're not bowing anyway. <laughs> uh, that's that's, a, that's a, a level of faith. Uh, it was when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were willing to enter the fire without any assurance of deliverance that the miracle happened. The men who threw them into the furnace were slain, but the fire didn't touch them. See, in heaven, God said, there's some... There's some brave boys. I think I'll go down there and kind of stand on their side, stand by their side. <laughs> and on earth, Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar said, I see four men, and the fourth is like uh, the form of the Son of God. They came out without their bonds. The only thing they lost when they stood for God was their bonds. And there's always freedom, even in the Difficult trials, the hot trials, the furnace of trials, if God is with you. And so it doesn't always mean that there's going to be an escape. Well, could God have let them overcome those people putting them in the furnace in the first place? Sure. He could have. That could have been their escape. Or he could have given them the ability to endure, which he did. God did not save them from the fire. He saved them in the fire. Just remember, when it comes to your warring faith, sometimes there's going to be difficult trials, and sometimes there's going to be difficult things for you to, to have to deal with and handle. And he may not always make a way of escape but he will give you warring faith uh, to get through to the other side. Amen. You will come out on the other side, not even smelling like smoke. <laughs> warring faith. These are examples, examples that God can get you and I through. Amen. Um, verse 39, and these all having obtained a good report, 
through faith received not the promise. God having provided some better thing for us that they without us should not be made perfect. Today, folks, we get to enjoy all these faithful examples of people that they went through without the power of the Holy Ghost inside. It's hard to fathom, isn't it? And you and I get to have the Lord inside. We get to be filled with the presence of God. We don't have any excuse not to have, I mean, worship in faith, walking faith, war, working faith, warring faith. We got, no, we got the power of the Holy Ghost inside. The new covenant is better than the old covenant. And these examples are given to, to us that if they could do it, then you and I can do it. Amen. This is like the faith's hall of fame. People who lived by faith. And then the writer of Hebrews starts into chapter 12. And this is what he says. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with such great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Um, when it says witnesses, it's not witnesses of us, but witnesses to us. These are witnesses to each of us that if it could be for them, it can be for you. Uh, when you look at weight, a good, uh, a good athlete, athlete doesn't uh, choose between the good and the bad, but between the good and the best. And um, when you look at the scripture, I mean, it says, listen, you've got such a cloud of witnesses that, I mean, there should be no question that we're willing to lay down the weights and the sin which does so easily beset us. Uh, you could easily put in there that so easily distract us, that so easily change our priorities, that so easily get us off track, so easily deter our walk with God. What kind of language that you put in there is, is, is a similar sense that it so easily besets us. What is it that so easily besets us? Well, the sin and most likely the, the greatest of sins that is being expressed here or understood here is the sin of unbelief. Listen, if it could happen for the cloud of witnesses that's in Hebrews 11, why would we not believe that it couldn't happen for us? Unbelief is, is a terrible thing to allow yourself to be controlled by. Listen, if God could do it once, he can do it again. If God could do it for someone else, he can do it for you. you got to let the mindset arise inside of you, amen, to not have unbelief. Don't let doubt reign in your life. The question is asked at times, how do you get rid of doubt? You can't get rid of doubt. You actually activate your faith, and when you activate faith, doubt has to go. It's like light and darkness. Okay, so when you come into a dark room and you turn on the light, darkness has no choice but to go. It doesn't argue. It doesn't come up with, you know what, I think I'll stay a while. No, it has no choice. Let faith arise by activating it, and doubt has to go. It was said twice of Daniel that he was a dissolver of doubts. You might say, well, that's not a, a very, maybe a 
a, a, a very stylish thing to say or a very important thing to say. That's a powerful thing to say. He was a dissolver of doubts. He walked into a situation and said, oh, no, no, wait, don't kill everybody. Just give me a little time with God, and I'll tell you what the dream was and the interpretation. You're going to make a decree that I can't pray? That's fine. Go ahead and do it. I'm going home and opening the windows and praying anyway. That's what he did. He was a dissolver, folks, of doubts. He didn't didn't worry about, well, I wonder if that's really true, if that's really sincere. Maybe today I'll just keep the door or window closed. No. He said, I'm going to do it just like I did every other day. Open up the windows and pray. (laughs) Amen. Because I'm, I'm not going to allow unbelief. And the writer of Hebrews is saying, listen, don't allow the sin and maybe the most or the powerful sin that is spoken of in this passage is the witnesses that you already have. Let them be a testimony that God can do it again. If he can war for Joshua, he can war for you. If he can walk with Enoch, he can walk with you. Yeah. Amen. Look in, and, and then he, he kind of just, he kind of brings it to a, a climax here in verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Basically, the writer of Hebrews is saying, you and I don't have any excuse. If the Lord could endure the cross, uh, if God could go to the cross and, and endure that, uh, then we probably don't have anything that we can compare, obviously, to that. Um, Chapter 12, verse 3, for consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Ye have not yet resisted uh, unto blood and striving against sin, and ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, notice now, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. Two things, despise nor faint. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourges every son whom he receiveth. If he endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? But if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are ye bastards and not sons. Um, What's happening is he's going back and quoting from Proverbs chapter 3. Verses 11 and 12. This is what Proverbs 3, 11 and 12. My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction. For whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth, even as the father the son in whom he delighteth. Uh, a lot of times we look at that like he's dealing with children, and he's not dealing with children. The words son, children, or sons here in chapter 12, refer to adults, adult children. The chastening, which means discipline, we go through, that's proof that we are maturing. So he's not dealing with you and I as a three-year-old or a four-year-old. He's dealing with us as adults that are maturing in him. Remember, he says that a father disciplines only his own children. So the fact that our faith goes through trials should encourage you, not discourage you, because you are reminded you that you are a son and a daughter of God. If he's not doing that, then you're not his child. It should be encouragement to you and I that he's still working on us bringing us into that great relationship with him. You'll notice here, there's three reactions to God's discipline. Verse 5 tells us despising. That's a, that's a wrong, wrong reaction. That's a wrong response. Verse 5 also says fainting. That's a wrong response. But you'll notice uh, in, in the, the verse it says, if ye endure chastening. That's the submitting to That's the right response. Say, God, 
Listen, you're my heavenly father. You've given me a great cloud of witnesses. And I've got no reason, no reason, God, why I should hold on to things that would distract me, detour me, beset me. I'm going to lay that stuff aside, and I'm going to let you work in my life. We get thinking about that, and sometimes we think of the word chastening or chastening it that we're always getting a beating. As <laughs> soon as you hear that, that words like that, well, God's, God's ready to give me a beating. No, that word means discipline, maturing. He wants you and I to grow in him. There's a, a maturing in God where after you've been serving God for a length of time, we grow up. He wants us to grow up. You ever said that to your kids? Grow up. You ever had someone older say that to you? <laughs> well, the idea behind what's happening here in chapter 12 in the first eight verses is God's allowing the witnesses that he's given us as examples to help us mature in him so that we have working faith and we have walking faith and, and we have worship in faith and, and, and warring faith. These are things that you can have, you and I can have in our lives because other people have allowed those things to happen in their lives and they were able to do that without the power of the Spirit inside. So you and I have the advantage under the new covenant, to have the Holy Ghost helping us grow up. Oh, God, help me on a daily basis to be more like you. I want to be everything that you want me to be. Uh, you see, um, verses 9 to 13, it's talking, and, and other people are watching what you and I are doing. And, and they, they can see whether we're growing in the Lord. Uh, uh, you and I, uh, to grow up, it's, I mean, there's other people following you, whether it's children or, or, or family members or, or fellow employees or people that you see on a regular basis. Listen, they're watching everything you do. They're watching your responses. They're watching how you react. They're watching what we do in situations and circumstances and and nothing worse could be said than, I thought they were a Christian. <laughs> That's usually not said in a good way. <laughs> I thought they were a Christian. You know what that statement is? I thought they would be more mature in their walk with God than what was just shown. I don't want to be in church for decades and not grow in God. I want to grow in him. I want to, I want to learn his ways. I want to please him as Enoch did. I want, to be, I want to be part of that, okay, God, allow the discipline to happen in my life and let me submit to you, endure that discipline. Let that be the right response. Okay, verse 14. We'll try to bring it to a close here. It says, follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled, lest there be any fornicator or profane person as Esau, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. For ye know how that afterward... Uh, when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears. It says, follow peace with men and holiness before God. Uh, you might ask, why, why are they mentioned together? Why is peace and holiness mentioned together? Because sometimes living uh, holy before God, will it'll cause conflict. It'll cause conflict with other people. But 
but ultimately, the Bible says, without holiness, we will not see God. Um, what, does that, what does that entail? Well, it's not just you and I in our walk with God not seeing God, but without it, other people will not see God through you. Following peace with men and holiness before God, without which no man shall see the Lord. So it's not just you and I not having the right experience with God. It's other people not being able to see God through you and I. There's a reason why those things go together. Say, well, that, you know, um, there's conflict that's, that sometimes happens when I set aside myself to live for God or to live a holy life before God or I, I decide to, uh, in, in how I look or how I act or where I go. And sometimes that may cause conflict in people or with other people. That's true. But there's a walk with God that you mature in that God allows his spirit to work in your life and conviction to happen and you're drawn closer to him. And the result of that is other people can also see God through your life. I don't want people to look at my life and not know whether I'm a Christian or not. I want to mature in God through his discipline in my life that people can see that other people are following can see God through my life. It's the whole purpose. God didn't just save me for me. He didn't just save you for you. Of course, that is the ultimate but there's more than that. He saved you and I that our lives would be an example to others of his peace and his holiness working through our lives. That's why Paul wrote Romans chapter 12 and verse 18. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live, live peaceably with all men. That's not just don't get in fights. He puts this right in the middle, Hebrews, where he calls bitterness is a root. It grows into many other spiritual problems. And it will end up defiling, the Bible says, many other people. Listen, don't get bitter in your trials. Or it uses the example, you'll end up like Esau. He traded his spiritual birthright for something trivial and temporal. And by the time he regretted his actions, he couldn't get the birthright back. What happens in life, there's sometimes a lot of consequences that happen in our lives. This is what this is how another translation puts Hebrews 12 and 16. Watch out for the Esau syndrome, trading away God's lifelong gift in order to satisfy a short-term appetite. He puts this all uh, into this root of bitterness. A lot of times roots are not things you see right away. but they spring up inside people's lives. I believe that attitudes will actually destroy more people than a lot of other things in life. Well, I, I just don't see it the way you do, Pastor. I just don't believe this, or I just don't, I'm not going to do this. I, listen, if you're not careful, something will happen inside your life that an attitude will create and you will become bitter about some stupid, silly little thing and that will spring up in your life and cause you to lose out. Don't allow that. Don't allow it. 
Allow the discipline and the chastening of the Lord to happen in your life to mature. As others see God's life, his love working through your life. You've got, you and I have got a cloud of witnesses to follow. They've, we've got tons of examples that we can look back. All kinds of, uh, of people, I mean, every one of them had faults and failures and mistakes. And every one of them had, 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 had times in their life where they just, I mean, they messed up. But there are witnesses and there are examples to us that if they can make it, you and I can make it. And we don't have to allow the things of this life to deter us or beset us. Now, let me, let me explain. Some things we know without a doubt are sin. But some weights are not necessarily a sin. Some weights are a distraction. Some weights are something just to occupy your time. And we see that. In our world today, and there's some pretty easy examples of it, actually. Technology's not a sin, but it sure can become a weight. It can become a weight. It can distract people. It can distract people. They don't have time to read God's Word. They don't have time to pray. They don't have time to share His witness. They don't. It can become a distraction, a weight in our lives. There's, there's things that are happening in our world today that are occupying people's time. People are being consumed with things like that. And um, we have, listen, we have an inheritance. And the scripture says, <laughs> don't allow it to be sold for just a temporal moment of satisfaction like Esau. Come home hungry. Oh, I'm going to faint. I mean, I wouldn't sell anything for a bowl of beans. I can tell you that. That wouldn't tempt me at all. No bowl of beans, not for me. The covenant, folks, is not from Mount Sinai, but rather from Mount Zion. It is not earthly, but it's heavenly. The manifestation of God's power in the Old Testament was terrifying for the people, and they respected God out of fear. But you and I uh, respect God out of love and understanding that his powerful, powerful new covenant has given you and I the opportunity to be filled with his spirit and to live for him to the best of our ability. God is our father. The church is our mother. And you can't be born without either of them. You have to have both of them. The new covenant is made possible by the blood of Jesus Christ. And that blood today still has the same power in people's lives. You can read that through the rest of, of, the, of the chapter of, of Hebrews. And we'll pick, up, uh, we'll pick up in our last lesson next week with Hebrews 12 and maybe 25. And we'll pick up and go through chapter 13. The idea of tonight's lesson is there is examples of people who lived by faith. Uh, they weren't perfect. They had a lot of things wrong in their lives. But they lived by faith. And they did, they did the best they could by having faith in God. I'm here to tell you it hasn't changed. It hasn't changed. The advantage you and I have is the power of His Spirit. But we still have the opportunity to have worship and faith. No matter how you're feeling, you can bring your offering of worship and praise to the Lord. He always desires your worship and faith. You can have walking faith. You can do that daily, one day at a time. God, I'm going to submit my life to you today. I'm going to let my life be a living sacrifice for you today. I'm just going to lay myself on the altar, God, for you today. I'm going to walk to the best of my ability today. Working faith. We all have different talents and different abilities, but we're going to do what we can. That God has given you and I uh, the abilities and the talents. That we're just going to work for God to the best of our ability. Amen. And then warring faith. Listen, there's going to be times then um, 
the things might get tough. Uh, but when things get tough, the tough get going. And the tough, tough pick up the, um, uh, people say, by, they get picked up by the bootstraps or whatever the case is. Whatever, whatever saying you want to put to there, you say, listen, um, when the rubber meets the road, I, I'm going to have my mind made up. And uh, I'm going to make it through. I'm not even necessarily looking for a way of escape. God, give me the strength to endure. Whatever you're putting me through, I'm going to get to the other side because I've got all kinds of examples of people that made it. And I'm going to let that same type of faith arise in me. I'm not. You cannot allow the things of this life to beset you, distract you, change your priorities. The new covenant is better than the old covenant. Thank you, Jesus. God, I thank you. For your mighty power and spirit tonight. I thank you for this church and God, the family of God. I thank you, Lord, for the examples that you have given us and some of the ones that we just looked at tonight. There's many others as well. And God, I thank you, Lord, for those examples. God, a people that had a lot of imperfections, but God, they have faith in you. And God, we're, we're in the same, the same position. We got lots of things, God, that we need improvement on. But, God, our faith is in you. And, God, I pray don't allow anything of this world, God, to distract us, but rather let us grow and mature in you to the way you desire that other people would see, Lord, you through our lives. We want to be an example. God, nothing, God, that would be created in our lives that would cause us to have bitterness or people would be defiled because of us. No, God, we want that cleansed uh, out of our lives, attitudes and spirits and things that would try to harm us in any way. God, let your precious blood cleanse us and wash us from all filthiness of the flesh and the lust of the eye and pride of life. Uh, God, we just want to be clean and pure and holy before you. Uh, help us to be, God, what you want us to be. We ask it in the name of Jesus, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. God bless you tonight. Thank you for being in Bible study. And uh, we have one lesson more next week that we'll finish off this series with. God bless. Thank you for joining us today. If you want more information, connect with us on our website at missionpoint.ca. God bless you.